This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this in. This one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. Oh. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he it ties the game. Easton ducks under. Got it. Um, so sometimes less is more, right? And I think that's where we're going to go with this episode of the podcast. (laughs) Maybe the shortest episode I've ever recorded before we are 281 episodes in now so the Yankees just lost two out of three to the Baltimore Orioles and we're just gonna get right into it not wasting time I was gonna kind of break down UFC Vegas 36 that happened last night Saturday but I'm not even getting to that I just want to get right to the Yankees and just briefly jump into what happened this weekend and then out and two reasons for that why I don't really want to spend my time doing this is because, and they kind of go hand in hand, nobody listens to this show. And you combine that with the fact that I've said this before about the Yankees. They're just so hard to to motivate you to do to, to discuss anything about them. So take that lack of motivation because the Yankees have played miserably lately. And combine that with the fact that nobody's listening to this anyway. So that's just why I'm, I'm not even going to go along. Um, yeah, man. They lost two out of three at home to a deplorable Baltimore Orioles double-A baseball team. Um, yeah, they've got a couple of guys. They've got Mullins and they've got Mancini, right? This is the team we should have banged around. We struggled to, to score runs this series. Um, you take away the Sanchez Grand Slam. We had mediocre offense. And then we dropped two out of three. So, I mean, they were showing a stat on uh, the post game, and, and credit to the guys in the post game. Curry was actually, Curry was very heavily critical on on Boone um, as he should have been and but they showed a stat that I have it here in my notes the Yankees in the American League East against American League East opponents this season overall they are just 28 and 32 after today's loss and by today's loss I mean Sunday September 5th 28 and 32 they are 7 and 9 against the Rays that's got to be better. That, that'll that lose you the division right there. This is a Rays team that's cruising. They're 6-10 against Boston. Also unacceptable. 6-6 six and six against Toronto. Got to be a little bit better there. And then 9-7 against Baltimore, which is the best record against any opponent we have in the East, but it's the Baltimore Orioles who are... 50 games below 500. Maybe even better now since they took two out of three from us. <laughs> um, 
And it's the same problems, right? That 13-game win streak may have masked things a bit and made it seem a little bit better, right? But let's be honest here. It's the same problems that remain with this team. They're way too fundamentally flawed to win a division and to make a deep World Series run, which is always my drive-home point with everything. It's the same problems. They lack situational hitting because they just simply don't have enough contact Excuse me, contact in that lineup. Joey Gallo sucks. I'm sorry. You know, you can you can tell me about your three true outcomes, and you can tell me about how home runs, walks, and what's the other out- strikeout? It's the three true outcome bullshit, right? That he's going to make up for it. This isn't a guy who I see, and maybe he gets hot, right? Maybe he gets hot this month, and 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 the numbers look. You know, the OPS is juicy again, and the home runs end at 40-something. But this is the type of hitter you don't want stacking into a lineup that already has enough of these guys in October. We have one too many. That's why it's not just about stacking talent on top of talent. It's about getting the right pieces. And I don't believe Joey Gallo is the right piece for the Yankees team. A hitter of his caliber might be better off on a team who has a very efficient lineup that doesn't rely on home runs and doesn't strike out a ton as much as they do. But you add him to this team, it's adding fuel to the fire. And yeah, he had the big home run, but this is who he is. You know, I don't know why Kay and the guys in the booth were acting so shocked about how he's slumping so much right now and how he's pressing. This is who he is. That's just Joey Gallo. You know, he's going to have a lot of these stretches because that's who he is. He said it himself on the post-game presser last night. Or was it yesterday? It was a day game yesterday, correct? I don't know. He said it himself. He's a streaky hitter. We have too many of that. It's the same team. We lack situational hitting. We lack situational pitching. The bullpen is just way too, you know, they, they've got them here. You could say the pitching overall has gotten them here. But they've also blown a ton of leads, a ton of close games. That doesn't factor in to bullpen ERA all the time. It's a tricky stat. Taking account inherited runners. And it's just a, a collected group of randoms, right? Clay Holmes has been good. You know, but like, do you trust... You look at some of these other teams, and, and it's a big reason as to why you win in October, having a... You know, an elite bullpen. We've got Clay Holmes, Wandy Peralta, you know, Chad Green. Why am I drawing a blank? I don't know. We don't have a fucking great bullpen. Why am I? Why? You know, I don't. I can't even think of the guys we have. We just have a bunch of random stacked on top of each other, and the fact that we lost Johnny Lasagna, you know. Eraldis Chapman's not the same, but we lost our only elite relief pitcher, Johnny Lasagna, to a a rotator cuff injury, which he's likely done for the year. So I don't don't love this bullpen. They blow a lot of close ones. We're very sloppy still. We we just stopped, we stopped stealing bases lately. We're hitting into more double plays again. We're getting sloppy in the field again. Glaber Torres, the turning point of this loss. It's just, it, it, you know, series like this remind you that 
the 13-game win streak is more of an illusion than it is reality. It was just a pitiful weekend, a repulsive weekend of baseball by the New York Yankees. Andrew Heaney sucks. Forgot about him. That's one of the bullpen arms now. He just gives up bombs. That's all. He just gives up bombs. The day lasagna goes down, Heaney reminds us how much we're going to miss him. Just absolutely humiliating, by the way, too, that a guy like Andrew Heaney gets to have a spot on this roster over someone like Luis Heal, who started his major league career this season with 15 and two-thirds scoreless innings, three very sharp starts against some solid teams. But no, send him down and have a, a batting practice pitcher who's given up how many home runs and how many innings now? I mean, it might be surpassing the amount of innings he's pitched. At least, I'm sure his earned run, his earned runs have to be approaching his innings pitched. I mean, it's been very bad for Heaney. He comes in, he throws that BP meatball fastball, hangs curveballs, gives up a bomb or two or three or four or five, and he's out. He's never finishing his outings on a positive note. There's always traffic on the bases when he's in. There's always traffic on the bases when he's out of the game. Maybe we'll get lucky and he'll clean up the bases and give up a bomb. Then he'll get pulled. Next guy's in there stress-free. But Peralta had to come in and clean up his mess. I think it was today. That's a questionable decision, too. Why isn't Chad Green, who I think Curry also mentioned, threw 17 pitches in the last six days? Why isn't he getting this, this inning? And you, 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 re you rewind it, and... Um, <laughs> stuttering. Torres. The game looked to be in a good spot, right? It did. You know, yeah, that Rizzo bloop single in the bottom of the fifth. That scores LeMahieu. It's 5-2 Yankees. Okay, something's, you know, decent lead. Game's halfway over. Sixth inning comes. We have two outs into the sixth. Torres just too slow. Just way too slow. He blamed the wet grass in the interview. He blamed the wet field. But he was too slow getting over. A lazy play. That's as simple as that. And it's funny because I think it was before the error. I'm pretty sure it was where Kay and Cone were both talking about managing styles. And of course, Cone was, was you know, this progressive guy talking about how, you know, we have to adopt and we can't be so, you know, wave fist at cloud anymore. I call total bullshit on that. You can't pander these guys. A lazy error like that, he should be disciplined and benched the very next day. I want to see him get yelled at in the dugout. But the way we go about things, most of the time, there are exceptions. I think Boone did bench him once and, you know, obviously the, the whole Phil Nevin thing a couple of years ago happened. But for the most part, the way we go about things here in the Yankee clubhouse, this is why Boone was hired, to be the friendly communicator, to be the buddy-buddy manager. And I'm pretty sure Torres is going to go back right back out there tomorrow afternoon and be playing in that lineup. No repercussions. And because of that lack of discipline, he'll probably make this, the same mistake as, as we always see. Guys continue to make the same sloppy mistakes.
I don't care that Torres had two hits either. So don't give me that. He didn't make up for it with two with two base hits. Which, by the way, his swing needs to be fixed. It needs to be tweaked. It's bad. The mechanics are awful. He's moving everywhere. Go watch a, t a highlight tape of him. Low light. Um, you know, Boom was tossed in the fifth. Yeah, he has six toss-outs, but it's sometimes you need to see him lay into his players a bit. Kluber got the start today against Keegan Aiken, who has a 7 ERA. Um, he underwhelms again, Kluber does. And he goes, what, second start back from his ZL return? He goes three and two-thirds. Two, uh, two runs against him on four hits. Just poor command. Couldn't throw strikes. Um, the stuff, again, for, you know, in both starts, the stuff, the stuff does not look good. That was a concern earlier in the season two with him. Stuff doesn't jump out at you anymore. So Baltimore gets to him first in the second inning when Hayes leads off the frame with a home run. The Yanks then answer back. That's when Gary gets the grand slam in the bottom of the second. Four to one Yankees. Gary has two homers in this game, six RBIs. So good for him. Maybe he can get hot now. But Kluber in the top of the fourth, he puts two runners on. Sack fly scores a run. Then he hits the batter and he's pulled for Jolie Rodriguez who gets out of it. But... Yeah, the game comes down to that turning point to me. It was the Gleyber Torres error. That lazy, avoidable error. Kind of spiraled things out of control. And the Yankees now drop two out of three. I don't know what the Rays did today. But, like, that matters at this point. I think the division's over. And we're, we're hanging on by a thread, to be honest with you, in this wildcard race. With Boston right behind our ass. So Tampa did lose for a change. They actually lost, but again, looking at the wild card race from now on, I'm not even looking at the, the division anymore. The wild card race with this loss, yeah, we're, we're just 0 0.5 games ahead of Boston for the first spot. So if we want that home game for the wild card game, we have to take this next series against Toronto, and and it'd be nice to sweep for a change because for some reason they give us a tough time. So, I think that, honestly, I don't want to talk about this team anymore. I'm done. Like, this is it for me. You know, I'm tired of just talking about the same shit. I could go on and on. We could break down the rest of the, the other games. But I just don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not motivated. I'm not motivated. <laughs> We won the first game 4-3. We would have got swept if it wasn't for the Stanton base hit in the second game on Friday night. Would have gotten swept. To a Baltimore Orioles minor league baseball team. What are your positive takeaways from this series? I don't know. Cortez continues to be strong. Right? He's doing his thing. He goes five and two-thirds, one run, seven more strikeouts. 
Clay Holmes looks promising. Judge and Stan remain very productive. One of the more productive hitters on this team is, is Stanton now. Judge is obviously the best player on this team, as he's been all year. Stanton's showing up now. Those are some positives, but when you lose two out of three to this team, the negatives always outweigh the positives, and the Yankees did so. So we're going to head to break, and when we get back, we'll wrap this thing up with the MYY NYK question of the day. That's it. That's all I have. Stay with us. You can follow me on Facebook at r.j.carbone. You can follow me on Instagram at robjcarbone. And you can follow me on Twitter at nysportstalkrc. And if you want to follow along with the blog that I write, subscribe to It's My Opinion on nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. You are listening to RJ Carbone on BD4. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, you can do that right now. BD4 is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and you can also watch it on YouTube. There are plenty of other platforms to find this podcast. All you have to do is go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. And that will take you to where you need to be. Link tr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone in order to subscribe to this podcast. And, you know, so again, to, to recap real quickly, everything in one, no, not everything, but most things in one this series you saw from the Yankees. This is who they are. They're, they're just flawed uh, fundamentally. It's just too much for me to look at and say I'm optimistic about how the season ends for them in October. Again, I don't love that lineup. Um, it's more balanced now, yes, in terms of handedness, righty-lefty. Sure, they've got that down pat now. Um, they've got guys with power. But they just don't, again, with LeMayhew having a down year, and he's so crucial. And with Gio Urshela playing most of this year injured, and he's not exactly been the same contact hitter he's been in recent years. Those two guys kind of underperforming to a certain degree. That, to me, plays a big role in why we're um, not exactly the offensive juggernaut we've been these past couple of years. Odor's come down to earth a lot. And again, you add him in there with a guy like Gallo. And I know Gary Sanchez has been better lately. But even Stanton, as good as he's been, he can be streaky. In October, I just don't trust a bunch of power hitters like that. It could work. 
but at the same time, it's very risky. And I don't love lineups like this who just rely on three true outcomes. They don't care about the single, double, triple. They don't care about the single, double, triple. The bullpen, again. Just, you're rolling the dice a lot. That's what it feels like. You're rolling the dice. Against elite hitting ball clubs, I don't know about that. The rotation, you got Garrett Cole, who's been Cy Young worthy. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, you know, had a hiccup this series, but he's been very solid. Cortez has been fantastic. Um, I would like to see Luis Hill get put back into there. The Severino Herman thing, I could care less. I couldn't care less about this these updates that we're getting. I don't care. Because they're not even going to be able to help this team that much. They're going to be limited. They're going to be milked, put into the bullpen. It's not... If they even come back. Um, I just... Yeah. I don't love... I mean, the rotation and bullpen. Yeah, again, they've gotten them here. But at the same time, I just don't think they have enough talent to do it in the playoffs and to win the division. And that's... that's I'm sorry for jumping ahead again, but that's just where my mind is always at. It's always uh, looking towards the future and looking at that. Let's get to the question of the day. So I'm your host, RJ Carbone. For those of you who are new here, if you haven't yet, subscribe to this podcast, BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, Yankees episodes every series, Knicks every two games. Go ahead and do that. Subscribe to us. You can sub to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, many other platforms. You can also listen to, I'm sorry, you can also watch this podcast on YouTube and subscribe to it there. Um, Follow me on social media. And you can also follow along with my blog. Subscribe to that. All that information will be on my link tree. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That's my link tree. Go there. And it'll give you all the links to where you need to be. So last time out, our NYY NYK question of the day for episode 280 was, where does Carmelo Anthony rank in total offensive rebounds all time for the Knicks? Your hint was he's tied with Tyson Chandler on that list. And your answer is ninth. He ranks ninth all time with Chandler in offensive rebounds total for the Knicks. Chandler obviously having played significantly less, uh, yeah, less seasons with the Knicks. But Melo was a strong offensive rebounder. Now, this episode, for episode 281 of BD4. Our NYY NYK question of the day, brought to you by Anchor, is On August 18th, 1989, who did Bucky Dent replace as manager of the New York Yankees? And your hint to this question. The guy he replaced also managed the Phillies to a World Series title in 1980. 
All right. So that's your NYY, NYK question of the day for episode 281. Guys, thanks so much for tuning into this podcast. Again, I appreciate each and every one of you, whoever is even listening to this. I don't think anybody does, but I don't know. Uh, That's it. That's all we've got for this one. Thanks so much. And I'll see you next time. Ciao. This episode is brought to you by Anchor, podcasting made easy.